Hello and welcome back to Win the Clock End, an Arsenal podcast with me, Steve. Joining me as always, I have Calvin. Good day to you. Day, Steve. How are you? You keeping well? I am very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, tip top. Um, I say that lightheartedly because uh, I'm not very um, a bit still feeling the effects of a, a long weekend, not because of the Platinum Jubilee. I refuse to call it anything else. Uh, some of the other buzzwords that go around. But now I was at a family wedding, mate, over down in Devon. Uh, so, yeah, decent, great catch up, few beers. But, you know, I imagine towards 40 these days. So it takes a little while to get over these things, doesn't it? You got like a, a four day hangover, have you? You only had a you, you only had two pims on, on yeah, two, night. two glasses, of, <laughs> small glasses of pims as well. May we add with a strawberry, obviously. So, Saturday you, were, you had a couple of Baileys, but you were like, "I'm driving," so yeah. got to be sensible. Um, and I'm also delighted to announce we've got James back on the podcast, who joined us all the way from Mallorca. That is cheeky dedication, bastard. cheeky yeah. bastard. Uh, James, welcome. How you doing, mate? Good evening, boys. Yeah, very well. Thank you very much. Yeah, join, joining you from a very sunny Mallorca. Just uh, getting my my break in, you know, after the season, getting myself ready for some pre-season action. So, uh, no, lovely to be on again and pleasure to catch up with you, boys. It's very good to have you on, mate. Um, so before we get into the fun stuff, um, so on, on the podcast tonight, we're going to be We've got a quiz for these two to to go through, uh, which I'm sick of looking forward to because I always love a quiz. Um, you love a I, quiz, like, don't you? I like I like making you sweat. <laughs> that sounds so dodgy. <laughs> it does sound very dodgy. I mean, look, it's, it's it's recording in an evening, which is unusual. We've already had a bit of blue conversation before we even started this, and you're what two minutes in? You're already uh, you know taking <laughs> He's it blue, to the gutter. He's blue. <laughs> He's blue. Um, and we also have a. a a range of categories for our uh, end of season awards. So which we're going to go through before we hop into that, we should probably talk about the elephant in the room. We did, we didn't uh, make Champions League football. Unfortunately, we did finish fifth. I think the ship sailed now for me. I'm over it. It was weeks ago. Um, I think going into Everton, I'd already sort of accepted that it was, it was done and dusted. And, um, you know, I, I wrote a little post about it and I said that I didn't really feel like we necessarily, necessarily, Bought it, almost felt like we ran out of steam. We ran out of luck. And I think, you know, a thin, a thin squad full of, full of uh, you know, a lot of uh, young players, inexperienced players without a striker just simply ran out of gas. Not, let's just delve into it. Let's get fucking stressy, depressy uh, about Arsenal. Why not for the next hour? Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's one of those in it. You, you kind of have to look at it from multiple angles because like, like we spoke about throughout the season, you know, your, your opinion towards Arsenal and football changes throughout the year and rightly so, right? It's, that's just the fluidity of football opinion. That's just the the natural way it, it progresses through. So, I mean, if you, you know, res- you know, even revert back to before ball was even kicked at the start of the season and someone would have told you, you would have been there or thereabouts for top four with a few games to go and you ended up finishing fifth, we would have all taken your hands off. Uh, we'd have bitten your hands off uh, for that. Uh, but I think... You know, I think you're absolutely spot on. I don't think we bottled it necessarily. I do think it was a case of running out of steam. You know, we did roll the dice in January a little bit, small bit, maybe a big bit. Um, and it was, I think the the biggest disappointment was just who the who we lost fourth place to. I think that's the ultimate kick in the bollocks. I mean, I don't mind it so much. It's just it's Spurs and fuck Spurs, um, to be perfectly honest with you. I think we can all agree on that sentiment. But um, no, I mean, I was... Like you, before we went to Everton, you know, I'd, you know, resound ourselves to the fact that we weren't going to 
we weren't going to qualify for the Champions League. Um, they were playing Norwich and we've been joking about Norwich all season, haven't we? Let's be perfectly honest with you. They're absolutely shite. Um, and it would have been some sort of ridiculous miracle if they managed to beat Spurs um, on the last day of the season. So all in all, it was disappointing in the end. But, you know, when you take that step back, it's a step in the right direction. Um, and yeah, Champions League's great. It, you know, certain players will you know only play for Champions League clubs, but ultimately the Premier League and Arsenal, being based in London, we're still in a very attractive club. We had no Europe last year, and we brought in some top top players who have made our starting eleven instantly better. So why can't we go and do that again this summer with uh, Europa League to offer? Yeah, no, I completely agree, mate. Um, and you know, we, we said back in January, didn't we? We said we, we roll the dice if we don't bring in a striker, and I think ultimately. Um, not having a goal scorer. It's, and we didn't score enough goals in the second half of the season, you know, and I think we didn't necessarily grind out enough draws. I think it was just a case of us running out of steam. You know, we didn't roll the dice in January. We didn't bring in the goals that we needed. And if you would have said to us right at the beginning of the season that we'd be challenging, well, at least mathematically, right on the final day of the season, it was going to be something that we would have bitten your hand off for. And... <laughs> You know, like you say, it was a long time ago now, a good few weeks ago. There's been enough time passed that you can start to think about the season, not just in, in of those few games, but more of a case of how we went on that run for the second half of the season. And the thing for me, it, it was just good fun. And how much of a great thing it was that we were there right until the end. You know, the last few seasons, it's been a case where we've been out of it so 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 long before the end of the season mm. that it's not really been fun whereas this season it was fun and it was really really quite exciting to be there right until the last game of the season and yeah it didn't go the way we wanted and like you guys have alluded to if it would have been anyone else but Spurs it would have been easier to swallow but I think the mistakes probably were the squad depth and you know if you look at team that we were fielding towards the end in those last three games you know the likes of Enketia, your Elneny, your Rob Holding, your Cedric they certainly aren't your first names on the team sheet and um, I think we rolled the dice as well with your Gabriel with your Ben White who clearly weren't fit but you know fair play to Arteta he gave it everything he got right until the end and we got to enjoy a nice day out in the sun for Everton that was nice and Got to watch nice. us playing with, you know, the stress and the anxiety kind of gone. And, you know, it was nice just to end the season on a good note and think, yep, we're going to get there. And it was just a lot, lot more fun than it was this time last year. It, just on that fun part, I have to say, I think, you know, you're absolutely spot on. You know, it was fun going to watch Arsenal this year. But I think one of the things I said, even towards the end of the season on a podcast was, and a word that springs to mind is it was engaging until the end, right? Because how many times over the last number of years have you you come towards the end of the Premier League season and, you know, you're watching dead rubbish. You're watching it because it's Arsenal, right? But, you know, that didn't mean a lot. So I think for me, yeah, having having Premier League games that mattered up, you know, to, to view and watch up to the very end was, yeah, it was a nice, nice feeling to welcome back. There certainly is a feel-good factor at the club and there's always going to be the negative Nigels who will you know, criticise fans for celebrating and basically enjoying what is the game of football and the, the, all, the, all that comes with it. Um, obviously, it was a kick in the teeth to, to finish behind Spurs. And um, 
you know, especially with our running, you know, it, it was all in our hands. You know, it, it was, it was, yeah, we were in the driving seat, right? And uh, you, you know, you both make a good point in which that, you know, at the start of the season, we just said, how we have fifth place, we'll take it. But I actually think it's like a blessing in disguise because I think, I don't know if we're necessarily ready for that step. Um, you know, and I think, listen, like you say, Calvin, you know, we're, we're a London club. I think, I think in terms of, of pulling power, it's still there. And listen, apart from bragging rights, you know, and it was it wasn't nice to to, to to fall behind Spurs, but you know, is it going to make a, a difference in the grand scheme of things? Are they going to win the European Cup? No, they're not because they're shit. And you know what? We'll, we'll move on and we'll forget about it. And listen, what is it? Fourteen years since they last won a trophy. They haven't won anything really. Of note, let's put it that way. I mean, even that trophy fourteen years ago. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it the uh, the League Cup? So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's an easy one. We're just. Not that we're bitter betties or anything like that, but fuck them. Absolutely, they're fuck, they're fuckers as well. I, I had the <laughs> misfortune of going. Of, I was at the toilet bowl for that game, and oh dear. But anyway, me and, me and James were actually just on that. We're texting during that game, and we were like, we both were like texting each other. We feel so sorry for Steve being there. <laughs> it was because you know I remember even talking to you before, and you were like, I just want to go to one of those games where you know it's quality and it's just one of those that stick in a memory for ages and you know that's what we all want as a fan is to be involved in one of those sort of days and it would have been one of those um but it it went all horribly peaked on didn't it, it to say the least it, it was an absolute shit show yeah and as soon as we went behind it was like yeah this is done and their fans were just insufferable anyway uh that's all the depressing miserable stuff out of the way um, is there anything else you wanted to add or are you happy to move on to our end of season awards guys I think for me the only thing would you, would you would say about the last few games of the season was that the fans did back the side right until the final whistle and you know that last day of the season which we all went to the game and I was a little bit worried in the week leading up to the game thinking what kind of atmosphere we were going to get but it tell you what, it was a cracking day and everyone got behind the team and it was a bit of a carnival atmosphere. And I think people could still appreciate what the side had achieved that year. And, you know, it did help that Everton were very much at the beach and we were able to, to take them apart. But it was just a good fun day. And even the lap of appreciation after the game, you know, loads of fans stayed for it afterwards. And, you know, you can think of years gone by where, there certainly hasn't been that connection. So, um, yeah, I think a lot more positives than negatives to take out the campaign. And, yeah, we'll, we'll go again next year. That, yeah. that lap of appreciation, however, that's one of the messiest lap of appreciations from the players' oh, point of view I think I've ever seen. It was an absolute shambles. It's like they've all literally ran off the pitch, nailed about 10 fucking Jaegers, and then all decided to come back out again. And it was just all, I didn't know who was who. You didn't know who anyone was. It was just, yeah, it was mad, wasn't it? It was a bit odd to watch, to be honest. Uh, it got to the point, I think, not everybody had quite made it around. I was like, oh, I'm not watching this anymore. I'm off. <laughs> See you later. I've, I've given you I, half a lap of appreciation. I'd already gone. I'd gone to get Steve, don't give a shit. <laughs> Literally. What, listen, if you've never checked it out, I don't know what it's called, the kebab uh, shop on the corner on the Holloway Road as you walk down to the Emirates. Opposite Holloway Road Station, pretty much. It is to die for. It's unbelievable, yeah. Just, podcast just sponsorship. Steve, well, podcast they should, they, sponsorship. 
I'm I'm not paid. I'm not paid to promote it, but it is very good. It's worth promoting because that was the one we sampled on it after Brentford home, I believe. Um, which you were you were reluctant to try at first, and then he, he took a little a little a mitten for and off he went. He was fucking digging into that like there's no tomorrow. Anyway, yeah, i I I think uh it's been a good season anyway, and it's been, it's definitely been a feel-good factor. And listen, I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it and um looking forward to next season. That said, quite glad that it's sort of pre-season and you know you can sort of de-stress and, and uh, take your foot off the gas. Are we are we ready for to do our awards of the season? Absolutely. This is what we this is what we really came here for. This is what we came here for. So um do you want us to go in order or do you want me to mix up a bit? I'll go in order actually. You've You'll got the hostess confused. with the most this, mate. You do whatever you please. We're just okay. here to uh, answer. All right, so we'll start off with a, with a nice one. So game of the season, home or away, or if you want to pick one of each, by all means. So we'll go, we'll do it like instead of me introducing you guys every time, we'll just go Calvin and James, then I can go and vice versa, make it much, much nicer for the listeners. We'll give it our best shot. All right, so game of the season. I think we realise we're going to do one home and away. So I'm just, well, funny enough, no, they're both home games I've picked. Um and I couldn't, it's hard to toss up between the Wolves game at home where we turned it around purely just for the uh, euphoric end. And I've not jumped around my living room like that for quite a while. Generally scared the shit out of the dog uh, with that one, uh, which my missus then came down the stairs saying, would you stop shouting? And I was like, I can't help it. I can't help it. It's just, it is what it is. So that was good um, because I think it was the only game we actually managed to turn around from a losing position as well, actually. Um, and my other one was a game that I was at. It was the United home game. I really enjoyed that one to to go to the spectacle. It's been really nervy in that running, and you know there's a thunder bastard at a Granite Xhaka strike, which is always always a joy to watch on it. So yeah, they're my two games this season that kind of stick out to me. I know there's others that had more goals, bigger wins, but I think from the, the feeling of those two games, there, yeah, they're mine. What about you, James? So I've gone one home, one away. And uh, they were Good both balance. games I was uh, lucky to be at. So my home game of the season was Arsenal Spurs. I mean, it was a special game in terms of the outcome. Obviously, a lovely 3-1 win in the sunshine in late September. But more than that, it was just, it felt like something was happening that day in terms of the atmosphere that was around the grounds. You know, I've never heard the concourse like it, even before the game. You know, the songs, the chanting, there was a real buzz around the place and it really did feel like, you know, there's been a number of years where the fan base has been so divided and it really did feel like we were onto something in terms of getting the fans together and really pushing in the same direction. And obviously the goals that day, you know, it was, it was a really, really good day to, and a really great game to be at. Um, my away game of the season, um, it wasn't, particularly the greatest game in terms of spectacle. It was the 1-0 win against Villa away. Um, it was a pretty scrappy game. Saka with the goal from the edge of the area. But it was more just because, again, in terms of a feeling that we all got at that game, and we were right on the back row at Villa Park. And towards the end of the game, we started making our way down and down and down. And then obviously Pepe gave away that silly free kick right at the end of the game. And... Leno did his stuff with the Coutinho free kick and the scenes that erupted with the fans and Arteta and it was the birth of the Mikel Arteta song, I think. And 
it was just a cracking day and it really did feel like again another moment so um that was my away game of the season it's nice oh you're steve what uh, are you going for well home game is easy home game i'm going i'm going with uh, james's Tottenham at home um mm. it was just everything we touched in that first half turned to gold it was just unbelievable um and yeah, the atmosphere around the place, you know, I remember thinking like I hadn't heard it that good since we beat Barcelona. It was just rocking. Um, as for away, I've been to a lot of away games this season. Um, I've seen I've seen us lose a lot of them this season as well. We've some, As we always say, never let uh, the football ruin a good day at the football. I've had some great away days where the football hasn't been that memorable. But so you're not going to pick Everton away then, Steve? Everton away, no, nor Liverpool away. Liverpool away, where me, where where we actually met, James. Uh, or Brighton away, where I was with you, Calvin. Um, so for me, I'm going to go with Leicester City away, just because I don't know. It was like the first time that like we felt like okay, you know, we, we felt like we almost like started to turn a little bit of a corner. Um, you know, against I mean, to be honest, Leicester. You know, haven't been the best this season. They're not necessarily what they were, but it still felt like a really important victory. Obviously, that was the game Ramsdale pulled off those worldly saves. Um, and it was the birth of uh, Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe. And I just remember the atmosphere just being, like, rocking. It was so good, like, for 90 minutes. You know, one of those games where you come out and your voice is just gone. And, uh, yeah, one of, one of my favourite away trips of the season and quite local as well for me. Only, only like, an hour at the road, so... She was a she was a cheeky bonus. What we like definitely helps. Definitely helps, doesn't it? Definitely helps. Um, but there was there were there were many. But you know, I think I think there was a few towards the end of the season that I didn't go to, like the West Ham's and Chelsea's, which looked absolutely uh, unreal. I, I'd, I'd, I would have definitely loved to have been at the Bridge when we put four passes, and that looked like a a good old time. Um, next up, we're going to go. Um, Best chant of the season. I can already predict what we're going to go with. It's easy, isn't it? I mean, there's two for me. I'm just going to, you've already just touched on it there, actually. I think, you know, the Saka and Emma Smith row uh, was absolutely quality. But you, you've also just touched on the second one, which springs to mind just for the, and it's something that we missed, right? Um, you know, fans being at stadiums, I think one of the things you miss is just those cheeky in game moments or just, crowd banter that you know just wasn't present and that's the song that was sang at Stamford Bridge towards the Chelsea fans um about the stadium being half empty I can't you know Steve you've got a wonderful singing voice go on give, give us a little verse I'm sure you can remember what it is just like the old days there's nobody here <laughs> exactly yeah I would have preferred you know a few more variants in your notes there but yeah that's that's the one I just those moments are just that's what you know, as a football fan, I've always enjoyed those like in match moments where you get just particular songs that get sung on the day. They might, they might not ever be sang again, um, but there's those little ones. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, and that was a particular favourite as well. James, what about you? In terms of away fan chance, I think there was a moment during the Newcastle home game where obviously they just had the takeover. Um, but they were still struggling. I mean, we all know that, unfortunately, they decided to play football towards the end of the season. But around kind of January time, they were still really struggling. And um, the Newcastle fans singing, we're rich, but we're still shit. 
we're rich, but we're still shit. <laughs> it's quite funny. I enjoyed that one. But in yeah. terms of um, home chant, you know, I think we've alluded to some of the more popular ones already, but yeah. and maybe you would call it a song rather than a chant, but the birth of North London forever has been a really quite special thing over the, the last few weeks. Um, obviously, Lewis Dunford, the Arsenal fan, you know, not someone I'd ever heard of, but no. obviously, you know, in the social media age, can anything grow organically nowadays? But it was probably the closest thing to being organic and it, you know, picking up speeds. And I wasn't at the Leeds game where it first got played, but they played it again at the Everton game. And yeah, I think it, it did do the job and it did give me, you know, a few goosebumps. And I think as more people learn it and as more people kind of get behind it, I can really see it being an anthem for years to come. And that's something that we've really missed at the Arsenal. You know, for years we were running out to the wonder of you by Elvis Presley, which you know, it doesn't really get the uh, get the, the the blood flowing, you know. And I think there there is something to this song. So um, yeah, I think that's my kind of chance of the season. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to go with which I thought one of you would pick um, the Michael Arteta song. I just I just really enjoy it. And obviously, you know, listen, we we didn't make the Champions League. Obviously, you know, it's always going to be like we're going to be mocked for 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 not. Not quite getting over the line, but um, next season, right? Always next it's season. Like it's coming. Always next season. Um, so most improved. There's a few. I guess there's a few you could you could you could go with here. Calvin, can be you for the first one? I'm, I'm shocked by you think there's a few because I found I found this tricky to think of. First of all, because we've had so many new players at the same time. Um, so most improved. I had to give it a little bit of thought and. I, struggled if I'm honest but I'm going to go for Gabriel at centre-back overall I just thought he was really solid for mo and you know there was that little period where after he had a kid went a bit wobbly which is fair enough I'm sure we all would I haven't had any yet none of us have have we no none of us have so we don't know what that's like but I only imagine it's a bit of a shock to the system um, but yeah I just thought overall he had a really solid season I thought he was really good high scoring centre-back in the league as well, which is impressive. I think he was our second top goal scorer this season, which says a lot of other things, I think. Or third, actually, might have been third. But um, yeah, that'd be my pick. Gabriel, I just thought, yeah, overall, really solid season, a great step uh, in the right direction. Um, and he's become incredibly solid to the point where, you know, and I always look at this, you know, if you even look back to the invincible sort of era, all your top players should be being linked with top top teams. Um, and it, that's starting to happen for a few of our players, uh, which hasn't been the case for a while. And he's one, you know, he's getting li- you know linked with Juve being one of them, which look, you, you have to live with that. That's just part and parcel of being a, f- a football fan, isn't it? And look, when they're good, you don't want them to leave, right? But it's still a good thing. If, if top teams, you know, no top teams are looking at Squadron Mustafi, for example. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that's my pick. James? Yeah, Gabriel would have been my pick as well. I think um, when you saw him next to David Luiz in the season before, he looked shaky. He certainly didn't look commanding. He didn't look like a leader in there. But this year, he really has been quite quite magnificent. So um, I'm going to go with um, Bakaya Saka for my most improved player. So I know that might sound obvious, but if you think about what he's brought to his game this year, it's been goals. You know, he's always been an attacking threat. 
But this year, he has very much been the linchpin of our team. It's the first season that he's played every game of the season. And the fact that he's chipped in with double figures of goals now, you know, he's really brought that to his game. And I think when I've been watching him before, when he's been one-on-one or when he's took the shot, I've not been confident that he was going to hit the back of the net. Whereas now, when he goes through on goal, you think this is going in the back of the net. And, you know, if he can improve upon that again for next season you know he's already the star of our team but you know I think there is no ceiling to this player and the fact he's still as young as he is you know and to be improving the way he is I think it's going to be a a really exciting year for him next year yeah no I I did I I was expecting one of you to to say because he's just his ceiling is unreal right and the fact that he's so young so I've gone I've gone for Gabriel Martinelli Came back from a big injury. Uh, if you remember when he came back, he was quite rusty, right? And mm. there was he was a bit hit and miss, which you know, which you, know, you, you come to expect. But I thought second of the season in particular, um, he's just been really, really solid. Obviously, you know, long way to go, and I think he's he's growing, you know, and uh, there's that sort of element of, of of inexperience about his play. But I just think he's a really exciting footballer, and uh, I think someone who. It's got massive potential, whether that be as a centre forward or you know out on the left. I just think the the fact that we you know like 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 Saka, he's he's got he's got you know bags of potential and and a really high ceiling. And um, what is is he number eleven now, right? Eleven next season. Did you see Terreira? Like, uh, tweeted like congratulations, what am I going to (laughs) wear? Something like that. That was quite funny. Like, Social like, media comment yeah. of the season that was, what number am I going to wear next season? Yeah. Um, now, fair play to him. You've got to love a little bit of sense of humour every now and again. Just, yeah. Steve, I just want to ask you, because I think that's such a great shout, because Martinelli was in my thought, thoughts as well, because I think, you know, when you look at the the fact of, you know, coming back from a big injury, and he did look rusty when he came back, and I think any player would, right, after coming back from that. But you touched upon whether that's going to be, you know, as a left, a wide striker or a central striker. Well, I just want to know, like, do you think there is a future for him at Central? Personally, just I'm asking this because personally, I, I actually think we might lose a lot of what he's really good at if we put him through the middle. And I, I actually quite like him out on the left. I think he's got the potential to play through the middle, but I think you've hit the nail on the head there in terms of the fact that I feel like if you do put him down the middle, you lose his best attribute. And that is coming off the wing and, you know, drawing the player out wise and... He is so, so good in that position. I think the only advantage I can see at the moment with putting him through the middle is that you bring Emil Smith-Rowe into the team. And, you know, he has been the one player who hasn't been able to get into the team with Martinelli playing where he does. So, you know, I'd, I'd like to see it as an option. I think Arteta maybe doesn't see it. I mean, when Martinelli first came to the club, you know, when in the Emery days... Europa League, he was banging the goals in, weren't he playing as a central striker? But mm. who knows? Who knows? I think he's got the potential, but I I think his future is as a wide forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it all really depends on that centre forward. If we bring in a proper centre forward, a, a goal scorer, right? Um, it changes the complexity of the team. You know, when, when this season we've, we've really struggled for goals and we've kind of talked about it. I think if you actually had a, I don't know, insert name here, whoever you want, who's doing the business, 
gives you the flexibility to play him on the left and keep him in his strongest position. I think the, the, the sole reason we were really talking about bringing him into that mid-central role is just because it's like, we've got no one else. It's worth having a go. Moving on, we've got goal of the season. James, I'm going to let you shoot first on this one. Oh, see what you did there? I'll tell you what, that's, that is some classic podcasting right there. You can tell you've done this voice. before, my oh. man. <laughs> Um, I'm go- I'm going to edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> right. There was a few to choose from. If it were just for celebration, I would have gone for Aubameyang versus Spurs. Just I loved everything about that goal and him sliding on his knees, Thierry Henry-esque in front yep. of the Spurs fans. That was a fantastic moment and made that day even better. But um, if we take just as a goal just by itself, I'm going to go for Martinelli's goal against Newcastle. So if you can't remember it, Tommy Asu's playing down the right. He floats a lovely little ball over the back of the Newcastle back line. And Martinelli, you see he's watching it, he's watching it, he's watching it. And the goalkeeper is getting closer and closer to him. But he gets the most beautiful little touch, which then scoops it past the goalkeeper. And it just nestles so beautifully into the, bottom left-hand corner and just the ability for him to be able to take the ball out of the air with the goalkeeper on rushing in front of him, I think was unreal. And he'd only just come on the pitch from memory as well. I think he literally, that was his first touch or his second touch and we needed a bit of a spark. And I just remember thinking at the time that that it really is a, a special goal. And yeah, that would be my goal of the season. I'm going to shoot it over to you, Calvin. <laughs> oh, you can't steal the job. Oh, Jesus, guys. Uh, I'll have to send sorry. you to prison, mate, for stealing, but you're already wearing the top. <laughs> <laughs> I am, right? But, I, look like, I look like a cartoon yeah. character. <laughs> oh, don't, be, don't, don't be that harsh on yourself. It's just a T-shirt, mate. It's just a T-shirt. But um, no, it's funny because uh, James, me letting you go first, I thought you were going to steal my, my Martinelli goal, but I've come up, I've got two as well. My Martinelli one is the team goal away at Watford, um, which obviously included the manager as well for his quick thinking and his assist, which pissed off everybody, which again, is like a little, little extra layer of icing on top of uh, an Arsenal cake, isn't it? And fuck you to all those people that just, yeah, just wanted to put us down throughout the entirety of the season. Um, and then my other one, well, do, you, do we need to talk through that goal? Can we all envisage it? I mean, James, you gave us such a wonderful description of the Martinelli one against Newcastle. I kind of feel that, you know, it was... Uh, was it Arteta throws the ball to... to, to who, who took the throwing? Was it Cedric? I remember the little touch from Lacazette that put it on a sixpence the, for, for The Martinelli. little touch by Odegaard before that, though, to oh, Lacazette God, was yeah, just... Yeah, was just as saucy. Steve's Odegaard just gone completely vacant. Yeah, he, and I, <laughs> I was at the game as well. <laughs> he wasn't even looking. He was too busy talking. It was, no, it was, Did you see it? No, I saw it. It was it was great. It was a great... Like That was one of my goals, the, the, the Gabriel... Oh, Absolute rocket. It was a rocket. It was a great, it's just a great all-round goal. And then, because um, it was so fluid, so quick, so incise, um, which I really enjoyed. And then Zaka against United. We all love a Thunder Bastard. We don't score that many of them. You don't see that many of them in the modern game, unfortunately. But that was up there. That was good. So for me, I'm going to go with, you know, it's, it's, it's not, I was trying to think of a game that I've been to 
um i can't i mean i'm sure there were many um but one that all stuck out for me and it wasn't it wasn't the game i was at it was a game we were meant to go to it was leeds away and it was martinelli's little chip goal mm. and road and it's just such a nice goal uh, that one springs to mind and also kieran tina's goal it's norwich just really like that goal and like the whole celebration yeah. Um, just those sort of moments, um, you know, really kind of stand out. You know, it wasn't necessarily the most important goal in terms of the score, but hey, you know, we take them all. Oh, isn't it? All three of us have gone for a Martinelli goal and all three have been different. Yeah. He's had a great season. Great season. So I was yeah. thinking he should have scored more goals. Maybe. I yeah. think he just, I mean, you got a feel from him. He had Lacazette and Eddie and Kaya next to him for, for most of the season, so... Yeah. Next season's a big year for him, I think. You know, from memory, didn't he come back from the Olympics? So he didn't have a proper pre-season either. So yeah. I think he was playing catch-up a little bit. I think mm. he got thrust into the team against Chelsea because we basically didn't have anyone else because Lacquer and Olber still had COVID. And um, I think with a full pre-season behind him, I think, you know, it's going to be a big year for him next year. Speaking of yeah. next year, I can't help but just go, it's going to be weird, isn't it? Because it's going to get going. And then World Cup's just going to come along in the middle of it, which is fucking mental, isn't it? That's going to be interesting to see how that that interferes with the Premier League this year, actually. So we've got unsung hero slash club man of the year. Going to fire it over to you, James. So I'm going to go with Granite Xhaka. So, yeah, uh, you know, I feel like it's maybe a little bit off piece, but the 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 redemption, the redemption, exactly, the redemption arc. So, um, Mm. he's built a relationship with with the fans this year. Off the top of my head, he hasn't seemed to have quite as many rash, you know, headline making problems this year than what he has done in previous years. He's played multiple positions. You know, he's filled in at left back. He's filled in in the back three. He's played number eight which I never thought we would see him play. He's still most definitely a leader on the pitch. And I think he's almost one of Arteta's kind of most trusted lieutenants, isn't he? You, you, you know, he, you can see him going over to Arteta quite regularly and getting the messages and then passing it on to the rest of the team. And, you, you know, he's he's been really good. And I think the fact that we haven't needed to talk about him week in, week out, for the weird and wonderful things he's done over the past few years, I think just makes his season even better. And that is why he is the unsung hero in my eyes, just because he's not been noticeable. And that's the best bit about it, if that makes sense. It's a really yeah. good point. I think I think you and Grant need to get a room there, by the sounds of it. Well, it's funny, isn't it? You took the piss out of me. I actually turned around. I think it might even be in the last podcast we've done. I have long ago that was. And I said, I love Granite Xhaka. And do you oh. know what? I'm gonna. My, he was my unsung hero of choice as well. Funnily enough, such, so he's definitely not off piste. Such a um, cop out. That's a, he, that's that's why he wanted you to go first, James. He, he yeah. didn't have he, he didn't have him prepared. He thought what he said. <laughs> what he said, yeah. Just second that squared, please. Uh, but no, I just think you know you, you touched on everything there. He's not. And if you look at it over time, yeah, he's he's definitely eradicated some of those mental moments. Bar Liverpool away when he decided to literally karate kick somebody in the chest, um, which was quite funny, actually, looking back on it. it wasn't at the time. Um, if you're going to get yeah, sent th- off, at least do it properly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if you're going to do it, do it properly. Uh, that's one thing he usually does. And there's just there's been a few moments throughout the season where you think he might go for Granit Xhaka and he hasn't. 
And it's like he has maybe he has learned. It's taken him a while, and it's been fucking painful and frustrating to watch him take that journey. But um, yeah, he, he's been a leader on and off the pitch. You said he's um, you know one of Arteta's men. He's been every manager's man, every single one. And there's obviously a reason for that. Um, and you know, I'm one of those kind of people that you know you do want to see a bit of passion from your players. I'd rather see someone like Granit Xhaka than someone just be bland and boring as fuck who just turns up, puts the shirt on, and then just you know, doesn't show any sort of, you know, compassion towards anything. Um, and there's a few of those players that knock around. But yeah, I, I just think he has been quietly solid all season. Um, in, in not easy circumstances either. Um, look, Thomas Party next to him makes him such a better player and gives him a different layer of freedom and gives him, you know, it takes away some of that responsibility from him defensively, which I think that's where he may get a little bit flustered. And that's why we've seen some of the issues with Granit Xhaka over the years. But even when Thomas Partey got, you know, was injured, you know, him and Elneny actually worked quite well together as well. And that speaks volumes for him and, and Elneny, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, it's hard to not look at Granit Xhaka as an unsung hero this season. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I've not gone for Granit Xhaka. Of course. Um, uh, to be fair, like you are, you both completely right. I think he's up there. Um, but I've gone for Rob Holding, a little bit of a different one. Listen, I I blow hot and cold with Rob Holding. <laughs> I still sort of don't really know where I stand with him. I think he's, he's such a likable footballer. He's a likable guy. Um, fantastic hairline. Um, you know, he's an Arsenal man. Is he good enough? I mean, I don't really know what our level is anymore. You know, what is good enough for Arsenal? I think, is he consistent? Maybe not. But he comes in, he does a job. And, you know, how many times a season we see him coming off the bench and just getting stuck in? And he does make the odd mistake. And, you know, there was that game against Tottenham. Um, but I think, listen, you know, I, the question is, would you like to see him at the club next season? I think so. You know, not as not necessarily a starting eleven, but, yeah, as they say, Rob Holding, you know, he's better than... Uh, Kind of our I think even with Rob Holden, you know, even if Saliba does come back, I think he's still going to be a valuable member of the squad next year because, you know, you've got those Europa League games and Rob Holden could marshal that defence through those Europa League group stage games. And, you know, he doesn't shout about in the media. He doesn't appear to throw his toys out the pram when he's not playing. I just think he's a, a good man to have around the pitch and, you know, I thought you were going to say that the unsung hero of the year was his hairline because what a dramatic turnaround that has been as well. So um, well, I can't really give that an honourable on an honourable mention. And Gabrielle, oh, that's a remarkable comeback. Let's be perfectly honest here. Both solid appearances, the pair of them. And Aubameyang. has some very questionable hairlines. Actually, I swear I his hair's it. changed multiple times as well. Must it must be something at London Colney? It must it must be something in the water. That's what well, I can really sure, think. I'm pretty sure he put a photo up, a photo up earlier. He shaved his head. Who's like this? not all the... Like, Bamiyang. Has he? No, he hasn't shaved it completely. But no, I still... I still has he had a hair? Has he had a, has he had a barnet do there, lads? Or is that oh, still pretty high? That, yeah, I see nah. this picture earlier on. I think there is... Um, I think you can see that hairline is... There's a bit of regrowth coming back there. He's had a word yeah. with Gabrielle, hasn't he? Big he time. Has. I know I bring this up regularly, but it's still one of the funniest football photos I've ever seen in my life. Ex-Arsenal legend, Jovino, 
when his hairband came off mid-game when he was playing for Roma. That is one of the funniest. <laughs> the, like, what are you concealing under there? Not a lot is, is was the conclusion, to be perfectly honest. But fucking hell. Was, well, um, was getting to that stage. There was this, I don't know if it was Arsenal. I saw it on Instagram ages ago. And it was a football fan who celebrated a goal. I think it was Arsenal Watford. He was wearing a hairpiece. And the back of it had come up. <laughs> and he had it realised. So in the commotion of celebrating, his, his hair was standing up on the back. So we were taking a photo. Around. It was on Twitter because I remember the guy who it was was like, oh God, that's me. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, so funny. Um, that is funny. But hey, funny. you know, never wear... If you're gonna wear a two, if you're gonna wear a hairpiece in the football, you know, at least at least strap, you know, tie that thing down. Um, so we've got we've got we've got one more, one more category to get in the bin, but we actually we haven't got kind of player of the season. So I feel like we should probably quickly do player of the season. I think it's gonna be yeah. pretty pretty obvious. Fire, fire over to you first, Calvin. Yeah. It is pretty obvious, isn't it? I'm trying not to be, but if we're going to go for play of the season, I think you have to go. Cedric yeah. Suarez, yeah. Yeah, a great <laughs> goal in the, to see it off and to top it off at the end of the season. But no, obviously it's uh, Bukayo Saka. Yeah. James, would you agree with that? Yeah, my pick would be Bukayo Saka, but maybe just to, for a little bit of variety, I think you've got to give a big shout to Aaron Ramsdale as well. I mean, I was one of the ones who didn't really realise what a great upgrade he would be. You know, I've, I was quite happy with Leno and thought he was doing a great job and thought he was making some decent saves. And well, as soon as Ramsdale came in, you realised everything that was missing with Leno's game. And he has really been quite transformative, I think, with that back four and, you know, just the relationship he has with, with the fans. So, um, yeah, I think he wouldn't be a, a long way behind Bakayo for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's crazy. Like you'll probably relate to this, Calvin, like having a keeper with so much personality, it just works wonders for that back four and the communication almost. It just, it's night and day uh, between him and Ramsdale. Uh, him, uh, between uh, him and Leno, sorry. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go, just just because I can, I'm going to go with someone different. Um, I'm going to go with Odegaard just because I think Great he's just... Yeah. He's just an incredible, incredible uh, player, and I think you know when you when you think about how much we paid for him, what a steal! Um, and I think you know, like we said about Martinelli, put a, put a goal score in front of him. You know, you've got you know, it's exciting, right? He's one of the players that you thoroughly enjoy watching live. You know, he's the one that you pay the money to go and watch because I don't know like how many times this season, some of the I mean, even in the Everton game last game of the season, some of the footwork. And you hear that, you know, those those moans and groans that you get, the good ones from the crowd, the amount of times he draws those out, um, you know, when you're watching him play football, he's, he's, I was going give to him, give him a shout, actually, if nobody did bring him up, because he, he is silky. I think that's silky. You know, he's a silky player. Um, you know, his pressing game as well, with the amount of energy he actually brings to us. But when he's on the ball, it's calm. You know, it's carefully thought out. His link-up play with Saka is is top-notch. Um, and he really... I mean, it shows. If he's not on it, we struggle. Um, and when he's on it, we're on it. Um, so that says a lot. Yeah, He's one of these yeah. players as well. When when you're in the ground and you see him, 
you know, you think he's good on TV, but then when mm. you're up close and you see his touch and you see the way he controls the ball and brings it, oh, it's, it's just mm. unreal, isn't yeah. he? And um, I just can't believe how young he is. You know, he feels like a, a leader in that team and he feels like someone who, you, 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 I don't know, I've just got no words for him. He's a, he's going to be a, a cracking player. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it seems... I don't want to say certain, but you look at you know, who's going to captain the side next season. I think he's up there, right? Um, I've always sort of said Kieran Tierney, but I just think he just can't stay fit. So you and, and you need someone who you know is 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 reliable. And I think you know Odegaard's Odegaard's the man. Yeah. Um, final ca- final category. Um, we've got get in the bin slash the villain bin. of the season. James, you want to. This is easy. This one, take isn't it? take a shot at who you're going to go with. You know what you yeah. say that, but there's a few, right? That's what I mean. That's why it's easy. I, I could name every. Wow, I could name every Premier League referee as uh, the villain of the season. So I'm not sure if I'm going off piece or not, but my villain of the season is Piers Morgan. Oh. His endless negativity and relentless hounding of Arteta. And his decision to end Aubameyang's time at Arsenal, you know, I just feel like he's someone who's there to create division within the fan base. And he just wants to make Arsenal into a circus. Like, he's trying to make the club into what it was a few years ago, where, you know, are you Wenger in, are you Wenger out? You know, we've got this unified fan base now. It feels fun going to watch the Arsenal again. And you see what he's trying to do. And, People think that that's what Arsenal fans are all about. So, yeah, Piers Morgan gets in the bin. I like it. Yeah, I like that too, actually. Um, so you touched on, the, I mean, look, yeah, the, the PGMOL, if you want to be you know, precise about it, what a bunch of cunts. Um, but no, I think I'm actually going to go for kind of similar to James's in a way, but it's just the general celebration police throughout this year. Fuck off. Like, come on, like, put yourself firmly in the bin. Don't even put yourself in the recycling bin. I want you in the waste. Do you know what I mean? I don't want you coming mm. back. Go to landfill because that is, and we spoke about this before, going to football, you can celebrate a last minute equaliser if you want. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's if, you, if you can't go to football and celebrate a result or, or a moment or, or a decent goal or even a scrappy goal, that's why you go to football. Um, and, and a lot of these people that come out and say these things, played football were strikers and celebrated goals you know so yes yeah, it's, it's a weird one um I, I would never understand it at any level you know that's that's the joy of football is goals and there's nothing worse when you go to a game I hate to bring it up against Steve but Brighton away and you don't see any it's disappointing right if you go to a game and you don't get to celebrate a goal you do even if you look I'd rather sometimes and this is mad I, when you go to a game and I don't go to that many so it's a little bit different but I sometimes would rather Lose two one and have got to have celebrated a goal, then go and watch a nil nil. Yeah, well, I wouldn't. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, um, not. I wouldn't want that every week. Do yeah, I, mean? yeah. I don't go that often, so it's a little bit different. <laughs> but yeah, there's just something about limbs and just you know hugging strange. You, what in what other walk of life do you just suddenly for fucking thirty seconds lose your shit completely? You know, it's an, it's like an out body experience. Like, I remember the United home game. God knows who the bloke next to me on the left was, but. I hugged him more than my old man that day. And, you know, that's that's what it's about. It's, 
And we're both going absolutely mental. Didn't even know the bloke's name. We'll never see him again in life. That's just how it is. Yeah. There is definitely like a different outlook on match-going fans as opposed to fans who watch, you know, from wherever they watch. Mm. Um, I think there's there's different attitudes and expectations. Um, so my yeah. villain of the season is I'm going to go with Arsenal Fan TV. Don't like it. And to be honest, any, well, not any, like any sort of, you know, Spanish gooners who... Hey, you know, you, you can't wait to just, <laughs> just lash him out of it, Steve. Go on. He, I'm not usually a fan of you bringing him up, but go on. Uh, I'm uh, not going to mention his name. You, we all know who he is. Just absolute dickheads who spend their lives just like, you know, just waffling on about negative shit. It's like, oh, mate, have a day off. Like, does anyone really care? Like, you've got to think, like, most people's audience for these sort of videos has got to be like teenagers who live in their parents' And, you know, you could say, well, don't watch it, but I don't watch it. But you see it come up, you see clips, they service, you think, what an absolute bunch of balance. And, yeah, they do not represent us. That's what I would say. On the social media in general, though, I have used the block option on Twitter more than I ever have this season. For a lot of the people you've mentioned, I used Piers Morgan, got rid of it, just I'm sick of seeing that break. Obviously, yeah. Spanish wannabe Guna, um, block that. And it's, it's, it's actually quite nice. Can anyway. I give one more, Stevie, just real quickly, which still gets, it still gets some my nerves to this day. I wonder why you got a bit red there. Oh, Villa away. I was sat in the upper tier, and it is the only place I've ever seen this happen. If you're an away fan in the lower tier, you can buy a beer. If you're an away oh. fan in the upper tier, you cannot buy beer. There is no license to sell beer in the upper tier, but there is a license to buy beer in the lower tier. Or yeah, just in beer. certain grounds. That's only, I've only ever come across it at Villa and oh. it was a nightmare. Get in the bin. To be fair, I wish I'd been in the upper tier that day and we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> If you know, you know. Well, look, I always thought the Midlands was a bit, you know, a bit different. Oh, uh, apologies for all our Midland <laughs> listeners and our Midlands hosts. <laughs> um, okay. So switching gears, um, we're going to move on to the quiz, what we've all been waiting for, what I've been waiting for. Um, I've yeah, had that's my, what you really meant to say, yeah. I've had my hours in the quiz since the start of the podcast. All the other stuff, you can part of that. This is what I'm here for. So we've got 10 questions. Free fire. You're going to go head to head. The loser has to buy the other one a beer at the Arsenal. You know, we'll keep the stakes low, but it relies on you both being completely honest with your answers because I can't, you know, it's not like we're on the weakest link. We haven't got our little boards. Um, and, all, and there are various can, bonus points. Can I points. trust you, James? Can I trust you? You, you can trust me. You can trust good. me. Yeah, you all seem right. like a good lad. All right. So I'm going to keep a score. Got his pen and paper out here. Listen, just well, <laughs> on I'm a, writing on, a, on, an, <laughs> on, on an unopened letter. On top of a Yeezy box. <laughs> Lovely. This guy's allowed to be prepared. I'm prepared. All right. So kicking it off, question one. There's 10 questions. Who was our top goal scorer? And for a bonus point, how many goals did they score? And that is in all competitions. I should like, shame I've got the countdown music. Down, 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 down. Now, are, you go, are we going to go through the answers at the end or do you, I think, to keep, should we keep this going? Do you want to give us the answers as we go along? Yeah. That'd be easy for the listener, right? Yeah. All right. Have, on, you got, have, you, have you both got your answers? Yes. All right. Yep. Uh, Calvin, go first. Thacker. Right. I'm going to say 11. Okay. 
Ooh, I've gone Saka as well, but I've gone 12. Oh, it was 12. Oh. So, um, one point for Calvin, two points for James. Question two, most yellow cards. And once again, bonus point if you know, of if you any. can guess how many. James looks like he's typing there. What are you he doing? I'm what typing my answers. Ooh, we need to have a word, yeah. Get your I'm pen out, pal. Need to see your hands. I'm in Mallorca. I ain't got a biro hat to hand. I've got a passport and a mobile phone. That's about it. All right. We've got answers? Yeah. I'll go, go on the James. this time then. So I think it's got to be Granite Xhaka. And I'm, I looked at his stats earlier on when I was thinking about him being our unsung hero. I think he's done t- 10. Okay. Calvin? I ain't got a clue. To be perfectly honest, he's a granite shack. <laughs> How many? Well, he's looked at the stats already. So, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely nine. some nine. Oh, just, to, just to mix it's, it up, it's granite jacker, but it's and it's ten. James he's just, Leeds. He's just typed that in, hasn't he? Hundred percent. Not having this. Cheating. Yeah, I'm. He's cheating. It's dubious. It's dubious. Um, question the three. The Wi-Fi is not good enough to do a podcast and to it's, Google search. I can tell mate, you that. It's better than what he's got in Worcester. Jesus Christ. You haven't cut out once. <laughs> <laughs> Question three. I won't do a bonus point for this one because we'll be here all day. So, which yeah, yeah, three yeah. players made the most appearances for Arsenal this season? Down, 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 Going to go Saka, Ramsdale, and White. Okay. I feel James. like Odegaard should be in there. I had the same three, but in a different order. I'm going to go Saka, then White, then Ramsdale. So it was actually Saka, Odegaard, and Gabriel. Wow. Oh. Um, shall fat, I give you a point zero. each for one? No, we'll go zero. No points fat there. Zero. Nil fat point. zero. Nil point. Donuts. Question, question four. Um, when we beat Norwich 5 0 on Boxing Day, there were four different scorers. Can you name the four players who scored that day? And I'll give you a point per, per player. Taking a shot. Okay. Not confident. James? I reckon I've got three. I'm going to go Saka, Martinelli, yeah. Tierney, yeah. and then I'll stab in the dark at Erdegaard, but I don't okay. think it is. Okay. So my la- I've gone for the same three, but then also with Emil Smith-Rowe and Odegaard. So it, it, who are your two? Tierney, Saka, Martinelli, Emil Smith-Rowe, Odegaard. That's five players. That's four with five goals. I did say that, right? James understood the question. I didn't listen to the question. You can't just name half. Bonus point. You can't just just name half the team. Okay, well, I've been off Odegaard because I know the ESR definitely scored. I was questionable about that last time. So, Saka scored two. Mm. Kieran Tierney, Lacazette and Emil Smith-Rowe. Lacazette scored. How many did you both get then? Because I'm... I'm, You can... Three. Did you actually? Yeah. 
Puny oh, Saka and ESL. You're going to lose one though, just because you name you name five. Didn't answer the question. I'm, oh, that's bollocks. It's rigged. It's rigged from the off. <laughs> James, how many did you get? Uh, I only got uh, three of the four. Question five: In which game did we wear our yellow away kit for the first time? I'll be generous and give you the point back. Yeah, I need I need all the help I can get. Uh, I don't think I'm right, but Liverpool away. Okay. Calvin? Leave us a trick question. So I'm going to say Crystal Palace away towards the end of last season. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) It was a trick question. Number six, who wore the number 23 shirt this season? Sambi Laconga. Correct. So question seven, who am I? I made 36 appearances, scoring six times with eight assists. I'm going to say Martinelli. Okay. I'll go Lacazette. Lacazette is the winner. Um, he played quite a lot, didn't he, really? Put some, put some miles in. Question eight. Four players featured for Arsenal this season, but all ended out on loan. Which four players are these? Four players, you say? Yes. They all played, but they were in the out on loan. Reese Nelson. Okay. Kalasnach. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ainsley Maitland Niles. Yeah. And Bellerin. Okay. James. <clears throat> I had two of Kelvin's. I had Kalasanac and Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Yeah. And But I can't think of anyone else because I think <laughs> Callum Chambers went permanently. Yeah, he did. Or, and did. And did Aubameyang technically go permanently? Oh, I'm not going to lie, guys. That was pretty poor. Um, you, both got, <laughs> you, you both got Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Kelvin, you got Nelson. The other two were Pablo Marie and Balogun. Oh yeah, well, that's, that's definitely played for us this season. Though. He played at City away. Who? Save Klasnach. He must have gone permanently then. He did go permanent. You're right. We paid him off, like we paid everybody else off. <laughs> I love how you argued with me. And they went, "Oh no, he did go." Welcome to a world of me and my misses. <laughs> Question nine: Who scored the goal at Wolves away? We won 1 0. We'll say it together. 3 2 1. Gabriel. Gabriel is correct. And question 10. How many games did Arsenal win this season? I'll go 16. Okay. Take 16 as well. <laughs> and it, both incorrect. We actually won 22 games this season. What? What? Oh, it's because we didn't draw many games, did we? We were very much a win or lose. Was that Premier League games or was that in all competitions? You've made me doubt it now because you've gone oh, so you've got you've gone so low. I'm sure it's not 22. Yeah. That's a lot we, of games. Is it? We, we won 22 games. We drew. We only drew three games. Unbelievable. Lost 13. Oh. Well done, Arsenal. We won more games than Chelsea in third. Generally, I thought that was much much lower. Oh, it's super close, Calvin. I'm the loser here. I lost Cal- it at the start. Calvin scored 10. James scored 11. 
That's closer. That goes down. Well done, guys. Pretty, pretty solid. Um, so yeah, that, that wraps up the quiz. You know what? There's the, when when you've got such a small squad of players, <laughs> and so there's, there's there's not a lot to really go on. Not gonna lie, it took me it took me a good half an hour. That did. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, you come up with something though to uh, to keep us entertained at the end, James. Congratulations on winning. You're not welcome back on the podcast anytime soon. And... <laughs> no, no, nah. I will. Uh... Thank you very you'll much. Have a, no, I you'll will, have that um, lovely have... Uh, pint next season. Hopefully, I'll be able to get you that pint on a European trip somewhere. That'd be nice. Oh, it? absolutely, a nice little Europa League trip to you know FC nowhere of nobody. Mate, if it takes us to Greece, I'm open to that. that I wouldn't mind. Nice. A, I wouldn't mind a trip to like Dublin. That'd be nice. Are we gonna, there's nobody in Dublin. It's actually, I don't think there is. We only played in Dublin the other. What was it? Not last season, the season Dun, before. Dun, Dundalk, Dundalk, wasn't it? I, obviously, I'll go to a Dublin game, but I need a proper away trip. That'd be good because I haven't done one. I haven't done a proper European away game for a long, long time. I guess, yeah. On that bombshell, it's probably time to end the show. James, look, just before we uh, we dip off, it's great to have you back on the podcast. All jokes aside, even if you do beat me at quizzes. You're a top lad uh, and it's always been uh, a pleasure to have you back with us and obviously see you uh, on the last game of the season at home there. So we would just like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast and we hope you enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed the show, please do leave us a review on Apple and Spotify. We'd greatly appreciate it. If you'd like to follow either of us on the social media platforms, feel free to do so. Steve, he can be found on both Twitter and Instagram at in the clock end myself. You'll find me on Twitter at underscore the arse underscore and Instagram at the Arsenal shirt. And James, he can be found on Twitter at James underscore Dower. Please keep an eye on our social media feeds for the next podcast. We've got no idea when that's going to be. Me and Steve have discussed this. It's likely to be every other week, maybe every week if we can pull the finger out. But until then, look after yourselves, look after each other. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.